0: 925 star Do you have a plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our healthy living coaches, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, as they engage in energetic exchanges with success experts bringing you research, innovation, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your business and personal navigational skills for ultimate achievement. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. The party starts now.
1: We always do it with style here at Star Style. Be the star you are. Hello, Power Partners. Welcome to our inspirational and informational program. This is the playground of Star Style. Be the star you are, and we are brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are Five Hundred One C Three. I am your host Cynthia Bryan, and with me is my wonderful co-host. It's Heather Brittany. Yay, Heather Brittany. <laughs> and we're coming to you live on the Voice America Network, the empowerment channel. We want to support space for positive, meaningful conversations. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are. We have some new events happening, so check us out at bethestarur.org forward slash events. And this is from Buddha. Work out your own salvation. Do not depend on others. I kind of like that one, Heather. I mean, I do know that no man is an island, but I think that um, you and I have always been kind of independent spirits. And so,
2: right, wouldn't you say? No, I know very much so. I think in life sometimes it does take a village with things to help. But I think of your own kind of rationing and your own kind of thought, you really need to put your own self into it.
1: Right, and your own personal growth. You know, I I have people... I think people often think that somebody else can make me happy, can make me healthy, can make me rich, can make me famous, whatever that is. But the reality is, is nobody can do it for you. You have to really put yourself, your heart, your soul, your mind, you know, and um, your whole body into it and to really want something. So basically, you depend on yourself and then you have other people as colleagues. Well, let's let you know what we're going to be doing for today. Uh, in segment three, we're going to be talking about millennials and how they are creating a new model of living and saving, or are they saving, or are they more in debt? And that's something <laughs> that's a little bit um, scary because retirement comes very quickly, and we're not sure if they're going to have enough money. But they may have better friends, and they may have more college degrees. So let's hope that that's good for something. <laughs> also um, as our country's population ages the buildings are aging as well and as we all know construction costs are escalating they're going through the roof but we do want people to be healthy but is going green the quote-unquote green natural organic is it always the best way we're going to find out with a Um, a story that American Society of Interior Designers did some research on. And I think the results are quite surprising. But coming up right now, this is a good one in health matters. Heather Brittany is going to discuss the sensitivities that we may have to allergens that we may not even be aware of. You may start, you know, sneezing or breaking out in a rash for no apparent reason. And you may not realize that you are allergic to something. So... Well, how does that work, Heather? I mean, what I think that in our society today, there are more allergens out there than probably ever before because a lot of all the building materials, you know, all the construction going on, the pollution in the air, the cars, um, you name it, it's
2: there. So how can people live with their allergies? Well, totally. Just as you said that. If you feel, and I, and I feel like you know a lot of people, and especially people in your generation uh, aging now, feel like right now it seems, just as you said, that there's so many people out there um, they don't have, that have degrees but don't have careers, versus your era where not much, many people had the opportunity to go to college, but people have um, still done very successful for themselves. And it just kind of shows how times have changed. And an interesting thing with pollens and pollutions, and it sounds like now you know, and people think, I never had allergies, or and that can be true, too, if you didn't have allergies before, and now it seems that you do. Industrial Revolution, and thus what's come uh, after that, has really been, played a big part because of the additional pollution, because of the new materials we're exposed to. Just in our own homes, uh, kind of piggybacking on talking about your design stuff for today, um, in our own homes, we are exposed to so many indoor allergens, and so many pollutants, and so many chemicals. Even if we... Are and that way, trying our best to go green and stay clean and have uh, you know, you could go walk into a, a nearly spotless house and there could still be allergens in there. And a lot of times, when we think about allergens, we think of pollen, pet dander. I know you're someone who's really allergic to uh, cat dander. I know, dander really cats. allergic. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, and that's a common thing, um, but we don't think a lot about things like chamomile tea or chlorine or even a Cell phone, and they've actually found you know that people are digging out rash. People are allergic to these things, and a lot of times are mistaking them for something else. And so, what can happen a lot of times you think, okay, I'm popping a pill, or I'm I stopped uh, I stopped getting those certain flowers to the house, and yet I still have this rash on my neck, and it could be a whole bunch of things. So, first off, one thing could be jewelry. Um, some people, uh, if you've ever seen, can get that sort of that green rash. Inexpensive jewelry, silver color jewelry, um, it's often made of nickel. And nickel is inexpensive um, but a lot of times it can cause rashes on the skin um, that's known as a form of dermatitis. I remember if I had a friend one year for New Year's, I got all the girls these cute little matching, matching necklaces. Now they weren't expensive, they were like $10 each. And I remember her neck broke out in this huge rash and she's like, what is this made of? I'm like, I don't know, it's just a little cheap necklace. And oh. she said, I think it, there must be nickel in it. And that's what because she had a nickel allergy so you know it was so cute it's one of those things that you wouldn't have guessed it it looked 10 bucks um
1: but i know and it it
2: was such a sweet idea but who knew that it would break her out right yeah, exactly. So if if you are someone who has that allergy or if you've noticed, maybe sometimes when you wear a particular jewelry, hopefully it's nothing that you bought expensive um, because it tends to be in the in the uh, less expensive kinds of sort of, uh, I don't want to say counterfeit, but just, you know, fake kind of costume jewelry. Um, something that can help alleviate that is, uh, unfortunately, upping your jewelry to a little bit finer quality, even uh, sterling silver or platinum. Um, remember, it's, it's. And you know, I wanted to
1: say something about um, when you just said, you know, jewelry that could be fake jewelry, you know, posing. Mm-hmm. Just remember that when you travel uh, many, many places, especially like Mexico when you buy jewelry on the street and on the beach and all this and they say sterling silver you know with a real thing just don't believe them it's not real so you might get oh, an 100
2: episode. and that's actually a great thing you brought up um, so many times uh, exactly when you travel or if you can find things on the internet even unfortunately Amazon if you are seeing a Tiffany or Chanel some kind of very very expensive brand that would, something that would normally cost hundreds or thousands Dollars, if something's being sold for $30 or something just unbelievably, how could this be? And it's saying that, you know, that it's a, a, a closeout kind of thing. It's not. It's fake. That unfortunately, those name brand, those high quality things, um, are not being sold at these discount prices um, and on these big things. So if you find. I
1: remember deal- when you came back from Thailand, and of course, you knew. It was fake, but you had to bring it to me. You brought me yeah. that adorable. Uh, it was a, a star necklace, gold, and it was in a Tiffany bag, but it was definitely a fake Tiffany bag and a, uh, a fake gold necklace,
2: right? Oh yeah, I, or the silver one. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah, whatever exactly. it was. And we told yeah. you that we weren't trying. To, no, 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 oh, no, 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 You, you told this. me,
1: but I thought. Uh, but that's, but see, know, that that's the thing: so is so people so go to, to Asia and they actually wrist. go to the extent of making the bags. And the packaging and everything.
2: <laughs> oh, I know. That, uh, that's amazing to me. Um, but something you run the risk of, too, when, you know, and a lot of times you can get these things for inexpensive, and if, and that's totally fine. Um, but sometimes there can be beyond just the rush that they're made with cheap materials or sometimes chemicals, something that could potentially be dangerous for you. So just keep an eye on that. I mean, I'm all for a good deal, and if I can find something that's, you know, fun and I want – uh at a at a discount price, but be cautious um, you know, if you're health wise um about things that you can find online or if you're getting almost too good of a deal to be true, sometimes it could be. Um alcoholic beverages. We've heard a lot when people have uh gluten allergies. Um and what gluten allergies is unfortunately glutens in beer. Um usually some people have it uh with uh potatoes too which could be in, in uh vodka. Um other potential uh, problematic things, hops, gluten, of course. Um, and then sometimes something what people don't think of is uh, a lot of times people who do have a gluten sensitivity, so it means that they can't have uh, beer because gluten is in beer, um, that they'll move to a harder alcohol, a mixed drink. And just be cautious of your mixed drinks, the mixer, because sometimes um, certain mixers could be made with uh, nuts or certain fruits or potentially even something that would have a gluten. So if you have any kind of nut allergy, Um, be careful if you get some hazelnut martini or something, or not even aware of, Oh, sometimes people don't realize what's made, uh, that rice or grains or uh, potatoes, certain things are are made from this grain alcohol. Um, So kind of do your little research there before you go, hit the bar because you won't have that ability to look on the back of the label for things. Um, Something that is so soothing and so good for you, but at the same time it could be a potential allergen, is chamomile tea. Um, And a lot of times I think of chamomile tea as if you have an upset tummy or trying to go to bed, just that real kind of holistic-y, soothing kind of tea. Um, But uh, chamomile and ragweed are actually very similar. They have a particular protein in them that's very similar. So people who are allergic to ragweed a lot, and that's um, a main problem, excuse me, a main allergen um, during allergy season could have potentially an allergy to that. So if you feel that when you're drinking tea, um, especially chamomile tea, if you break out in any kind of hives or if you feel itchy or kind of watery eyes, and that could potentially be that you have an, undersi- um, an underlying allergy to it. So just switch. There's a million different kinds of great teas out there Um kind of uh, feel it out of how you feel with each one. But um, teas now come in all, you know, the, there's white teas, the black teas, green teas. And that doesn't just mean there's three teas. There's probably about 34 hundred probably could fit into each category. So look it up, and you could probably find out, too, um, if something is similar to uh, ragweed. Something else, cell phones and tablets. Now, we've talked about before about the amount of germs, your cell phone and your tablet and your computer, all these electronical things that we carry around that sit in the bottom of our purse, that we put in our pocket, that we put on the ground, and then we put on our face. So all of these things, um, sometimes you can yeah, have reactions to it. And that could be the bacteria, which is always good. you know, it's. I think things don't ever feel dirty until they either really look it or when someone says to you, do you know how dirty something is? Like, oh, my God, I didn't know I was touching that. Um, but a lot of these devices I said before um, is nickel. They can have nickel in it and cobalt, um, which is, that means that they could be problematic to people who have metal allergies. So, again, if you have a nickel allergy and you're kind of noticing you kind of get little bumps around on your cheek or face area, that could be a potential. Thing with your cell phone, so talk with your doctor about it. But um, sometimes, oh, and also what happens is people, as we know, those, those your body has all these little outlets and inlets that it loves to attack. Attract bacteria, and your eyes are one of them. you hear the biggest thing of spreading pink eye i don 't know how the whole world isn 't just infested with pink eye because all it takes is someone just rubbing their eyes, touching a doorknob, someone else touches the doorknob, and so it continues. Um, but a lot of times the bacteria or the nickel or stuff that 's on um, phones if people are touching their phones and they touch their eyes, they can get a bad re- allergic reaction like that so be cautious of that, and that can also kind of help, um, you know, kind of uh, problem-solve if you're trying to figure out what you may be allergic to. Here's some things I think I probably feel... It's probably
1: good for- to carry around those, um, you know, what is it called? You know, the stuff that you, in your purse that you can just wash your, an antiseptic uh, wipe
2: or, um, or something... Be- well, the only thing with that and with cell phones I would be careful of is because there's alcohol in that. And with oh, that's that, that right. Keeps, Thanks. That's and a good that point. Could probably, um, though, it may keep it clean. Um, that may not be good, too good for your electronics and your screens. If you've ever seen, if you've ever kind of gotten some uh, cleaning product on something that wasn't really supposed to, it will kind of leave that forever kind of streak on it and kind of almost uh, make it. Uh, kind of matte, so you can't really see it that well. So um, all four, you know, sometimes you know, and, and baby wipes is another is a, a better recommendation because it doesn't have that alcohol in it. Um, but uh, just be cautious of those. They actually make little um, screens. Uh, so. I don't know what they call them, screen wipes. They're sort of like a baby wipe or like one of those hand things, um, but it's meant for your screen and meant for your electronics. The only bummer is that they can kind of run a little expensive um, or, you know, it might be $5 for 10 little things of it. I'm sure if you go on Amazon, you can find some good deals. But, again, as you said with those Amazon, those too-good-to-be-true deals, just do a little research on your product. And if you go,
1: go on Amazon, course. make sure to use Amazon Smile. And choose be the star you are. Amazon will give a couple of cents. It doesn't cost you any more, but they give a couple of cents to be the star you are on Amazon Smile. So that had to give a plug for that. As we know, (laughs) every penny
2: Um, counts. Benjamin Franklin was right. Yeah, and so another thing I feel um, is so unfortunate is that people can actually be allergic to sunlight, and when a person is allergic to the sun, it means that they develop redness, pain, itchy, even blisters in hives, those painful blisters that can burst. Um, usually diagnosed like this, or something that's diagnosed at a younger age, is, um, and this isn't even just someone uh, that could be albino or be born with um, particular paler skin or missing um, particular... Particular antibodies towards the sun so that they can absorb it or vitamin D. Um, These are things you'd probably be known of uh, earlier, but you can have it in milder cases where you just get slight irritation. Again, speak with your doctor about these things. Milder cases go away on their own, but more severe problems usually um, need like a steroid injection if it's something uh, that's sort of the intermediate of severeness thing. Um, Something that I think if I don't have an uh, an allergy to it, I think I probably have a Sensitivity to, and that's acrylic nails. Now, some people can be allergic to the actual putting on, and their fingers can swell. But I've had it before of when you touch with, with the nails of touching my skin. If I was to get a little itch on my leg, if I was to scratch that with the nails, then it gets really rashy. Then it's incredibly itchy, and I feel that those lines kind of stay on it. Um, a lot of times uh, with acrylic nails is that they can actually um, contact. Or excuse me, they can contract dermatitis and start little rashes on it, and people can even get sinus allergies to it. Um, sometimes if people... T- their faces, they'll break out on it. So something to just be aware of is with those chemicals, with those products. They make so many things out there that I feel most acrylic nails are kind of some a thing of the past now. With all those gels and uh, silks and all those kinds of things, um, acrylics are kind of uh, on the lower end of uh, of the nail care today. Um, but be aware of that. If you've noticed any sensitivity, maybe just switch um, what you're doing, or potentially if you're noticing any sensitivity or um, allergies or even infection after you've had your nails done, it potentially could be um, poorly cleaned uh, instruments. They've done so many reports and things. And I think um, with all this investigating reporting, it's really surfaced and helped um the uh manicuring the the salon kind of uh culture uh because now there's there's more restrictions but i myself has have definitely got a really bad infection in my toe from getting a pedicure from them kind of you know getting around with all their little tools and it was something that was not oh that properly. sounds
1: awful yeah, and really I got one of those painful.
2: gross things where there's green and, you know, when, when green is coming out of you, uh, out of your skin, even you know, that's not good. That's usually, that's a sign of infection. So be aware of that. And again, infection and uh, allergies to things are very different. Um, and always know when you should call a doctor, when you should. But if you just notice sort of, again, that rash or uh, kind of a little swelling on the area, it could be an allergy. So just kind of switch your switch up what nail products you're using. Something, too, if you're a big swimmer uh, or pool, we just got a pool, and, ooh, I am smelling those new chlorine tablets that are in there, is chlorine can be an allergen. And you could probably imagine that that chlorine, you know, the fumes. I mean, I think everyone, when they go in the pool, they feel that burn in their eyes. Or if you get out of the pool and you don't rinse off, you get that dry. Dry skin. Well, chlorinated um, chlorine is a form of bleach. It's chlorinated bleach, um, and pool water doesn't actually cause um, the uh, allergic reaction to it. Um, it's the bleach in it is that we know that bleach can cause all kinds of sensitivities and burning on the skin. So, if um, people are vulnerable. <clears throat> Excuse me, um, people who are vulnerable to it um, also are vulnerable to the fumes of it that can cause up and chlorine um, causes all kinds of sensitivity in people as i said that uh you know, the, the eye-burying and people who are exposed to these sensitivities. And you can actually, over time, with things, um, either build up a strength against something or being exposed to things for so long can actually make you a me, a weak to it. So it's sort of always hard in life to win that battle of have the in between, you know, if I had too much or too not enough. Swimmers, lifeguards, people who are constantly in the pool are more susceptible to irritated skin with that. And if you have trouble swimming in chlorinated water saltwater pools may actually be a better alternative. And now living out in an area where pools are quite common, um, and I know in California it's kind of actually hard to get a pool now because of our current drought, um, but uh, chlorine, uh, excuse me, saltwater pools seem to be the big thing. And even in town they have a place that you can just go and see in the saltwater. Um, and they do use a different, um, they can, I don't want to say chlorine, but there is a different form of, of cleaning it. So you're not expecting. Is yours to a saltwater pool? I'm sorry, what? Is your pool a saltwater pool? It I is thought it was. Not, um, Fortunately, no. I wish it was because I hear so many great things about these uh, saltwater pools. And especially, I mean, there's uh, places in the world that, uh, gosh, I'm bling it, that has such high um, salt water. I mean, is it in the Dead Sea? that uh, has such a high salt in it that people go and they just float in it and, and uh, you know, to feel rejuvenated and all that stuff. And salt has great health benefit. As we know, salt also can have some negative things, um, but for helping for your skin-wise. Um, so... Uh, choosing it to be to expose yourself to less chemicals and just think around your house if you have any little sensitivities things over time what have i noticed within the laundry um, those little uh dryer sheets uh, something I to keep in mind when they're given to you a lot of times you don't need that much. Now I slice or I rip off a little piece because I was starting to realize when I would wear certain clothes I would feel really itchy and I'd have to take it off and it's like oh I can't breathe um, and it's because of all those little chemicals of all those little powders that are in those dryer sheets um, a lot of times based on dryers now if I don't put one in the sheet then all my clothes are staticky and they stick together and it doesn't have that freshness so um, just a little tip if you're you are using Using dryer sheets, and if you've ever noticed kind of sensitivity in your eyes when you're wearing particular clothes, it could be because of that. So, um, I'll tell trick- you what I do. Uh, you
1: already know it. When I get those dryer sheets, the very first thing I do is I open the box. Box. I cut them in half, and then that exactly, just works out and that's a because great thing then to do. you only get a little. You just get enough to give a little bit of. Um, you know, freshness and nothing sticks, but you don't get those allergies. At least that's been my experience.
2: Yeah, and that's a great thing to do, and that's exactly. So and one two and then you'll save money in that way with with your cost with that, but that will help because you really just need a little bit. Um, and if you if you feel that you still have more sensitivities, try. I don't know. I'm unaware at the current moment if they have it dryer sheet wise. But for fabrics, fabric softeners, and for detergents, they do make things for sensitive skin and stuff now that um, is clean but has no added perfumes or dyes. So that's always a great option for someone. To kind of just wrap it up here, my final little thing is something that feels like unfair is raw produce. And now we're all trying to go green. We're trying to eat healthy. We've talked in other shows before about um, going organic and what that really means. Um, but sometimes people, when they eat raw foods, they can have a sensitivity in their mouth, an itching, um, kind of a fuzzy feeling. And what that is is it's actually a cross-reactivity um, that can be found in apples, peaches, tomatoes, and other produce, and so people. Um think that it must be from the chemicals a lot of times that are uh, the pesticides but um, or uh, or something that was used in the growing process. And I've had fruit before where, you know, and, and we all know about how amazing farm-fresh or homegrown fruit and vegetables are averse, um, just the store-bought ones. Um, but, it, in fact, um, a lot of foods actually, uh, excuse me, um, actually it can be something that's already inside of them, and that's because they've uh, – reacted with other fruits and vegetables and something that's in our, our own bodies that makes it react. So something as simple as cooking certain fruits and vegetables or peeling off the skin um, can help. The only thing as we know with cooking fruits and vegetables is that it does um, take away some of those initial uh, nutrients and antioxidants. So just kind of be aware of what you're eating and how you feel and then kind of go from there and see. And again with all these tips today, if you know Notice anything within your house, or anything you may have, you might touch, or you might eat, or or smell, or something that you have, um, that you feel that you've had some kind of reaction to. Always consult your doctor first. Um, so that you don't do any kind of self-diagnosing and it actually be something else or, or potentially an underlying uh, health thing that could be much bigger. So for more things as we said, and there's all so many things I told you about of going to Amazon, not a plug for Amazon, but just like Cynthia said, are really easy and uh, not, won't cost you a dollar is next time when you make your purchase Big or small on Amazon. Make sure you just go through Amazon Smile. It asks you to pick a charity of your choice. Sign it up for Be the Star You Are. And then every time you go through Amazon, um, make sure you use Smile It's the exact same site. It isn't la- leaving anything out. It just takes a few pennies um, out of their, po- uh, out from Amazon that they donate towards uh, Be the Star You Are. And every penny counts. So for more things, go to org as well as StarStyleradio.com. Well, that was perfect,
1: Heather, and I'm so glad that we talked about allergens because it seems that everybody I know, you know, has something going on, whether it's red eyes or something, and no matter any event I'm at, somebody will say, gosh, I think I have an allergy, you know, so good to know all these things. Well, when we come back from break, we're going to be talking about reclaiming that lost space and about um, whether it's better to be green or synthetic or a combination of the two. It's a very interesting conversation we're about to have. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And I'll be right back. So don't go away. Stay with me.
3: star you are. Be the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event.
1: Staying with us here at Star Style, be the star you are. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and I am thrilled that you are with us today as we're going to be talking about green or synthetic. And for those of you who have been listening over the past, what is it, 19 years now, or is it 18 and a half? Since 1998, I guess it's 18 years. Uh, you know that I am a professional member of the American Society of Interior Designers. And this is an organization that really strives to uplift the highest principles of design for interiors. And it also includes everything about um, space planning, et cetera. Well, the newest, the the most interesting thing I think now is the the new... um, idea about whether we want to be green or synthetic. Our nation's population is aging and so are our nation's buildings, but recent studies by U.S. government agencies have found that 40 percent of owner-occupied homes were built before 1969 and half of all commercial buildings were built prior to 1980. Now, products of post-World War II boom, these were all designed for a very young country that was experiencing unprecedented economic expansion and transitioning from truly a rural to a suburban and even a city lifestyle. So these buildings, which are energy inefficient are ill-suited for today's smaller households and for today's technology needs. They're also fraught with accessibility and safety issues, especially for the elderly and for any people with disabilities. So these buildings are ripe for renovation and for adaptive reuse. But this does present um, a, a major problem for the owners and an opportunity perhaps for interior designers and for builders, because so much has changed since these older structures were built. We've become much more conscientious about our use of resources and how that affects the natural environment. We now are aware of how the physical environment impacts our health and our well-being and contributes to the increasing incidence of mental and physical illness and disability, We have undergone a technological revolution that has transformed how we design, how we use, how we interact with any built space. And our building stock just needs to be brought up to date so that we can keep pace with these changes. And for everyone... You know, when you're young, it seems like the years go by so slowly, especially when you're a kid and you're waiting for Christmas or a birthday or Easter or Hanukkah or whatever it is, especially when you get gifts. It seems like the months go slowly. But as we start to age, it's like, where did the days go? Where did the the weeks go? Where did the years go? It's like things just speed on by. And so before you know it, you may be, you know, in a building or in your home for most of your lifetime, for 30 years, 40 years, and it hasn't been updated at all. Well, construction costs, they are continuing to increase. And as available sites are becoming scarcer, construction costs are even going to get more expensive. Now, in some areas of the country, supply cannot keep up with the demands. But in others, buildings just stand vacant and they're deteriorating from neglect or disuse. So, The sensible, sustainable choice is always to upgrade and to repurpose the buildings that we have. But in addition to updating their appearance and their functionality, we have to incorporate solutions that use what we now know about making interior environments more sustainable, more accessible, and more healthy. So interior designers are best qualified to undertake this work. And if you're interested in finding a, a, a qualified interior designer, you can just go to asid.org. That's A as in apple, S as in Sam, I as in ink, and D as in dog.org. And usually you can, uh, you can find you can use something called Design Finder or you can find a designer in your area That will be licensed um, through uh, ASID that will have the appellation ASID after their name. There's also um, the, the magazine that is put out to the professionals that is called the Magazine of the American Society of Interior Designers that is really very useful in uh, you may not be able to understand all of it if you don't aren't in the design trade, but it's really interesting because it does bring you up to speed on what is going on in the design world. So anyway, getting back to all of this, uh, we do have to examine all the developments that are happening and this increased demand for you know, for good design services as we renew and repurpose our existing buildings and our existing interiors, we have to really weigh the pros and the cons of specifying natural versus chemically-based products because finding the right product can actually be more complex than you realize. And natural is not always the greenest choice. So you can take a look at like where something comes from, and although it may sound like going natural is the best way, it may not be. So I wanted to um, to share some things that were actually in the Interior Design Magazine this past summer, and I thought that it was really fascinating because so many of us do not know that this is the way that um, our products get to us, and that maybe that natural isn't really so green. So everyone seems to love cotton, right? It breathes, it's natural, but did you know that even though it's a natural fiber, the finishing processes and the treatments make it a less environmentally friendly choice? Um, What we're seeing as interior designers more than ever is a, a greater demand for products that minimize the harmful impacts on the planet. And that aren't harmful to human health, as Heather was talking about in segment one when she's talked about allergens. So manufacturers around the world they've stepped up and they were trying to meet that demand. So they're both they're doing that with both natural products and with responsibly made synthetic ones. So there are all kinds of certifications. You know, we've we've had the founder of the US Green Buildings Council. On um, on the show the L E E D and the more recently uh, there's a well building standard from the International Well Building Institute and they're putting a great focus on human health but specifying the right products is still a challenge for everybody and for uh, for those of us who you know don't really understand the lingo you have to leave it to your designer or your contractor or your architect to kind of search through all of the information and give you the more mindful choices because we have to be aware of manufacturing treatments, of mileage uh, that it takes to get here, and um, even about factors that impact natural sources. So although people assume that natural is better, it isn't always. Some natural materials can have a negative effect because they might be harvested, processed, or brought to the market in a way that is not, um, is, is not good for their useful life. So you gotta look at the total life cycle of a material in order to assess its sustainability. So sometimes specifying with a sustainable mindset is a, my, a matter of priorities. What's best for the environment and what's best for indoor air quality and health, they usually go hand in hand, but not always. And that's where it kind of gets tricky. And that's where maybe ASID, L-E-E-D um, can, can help because when you, when you work with somebody who focuses on green design, um, that firm is going to focus on healthier uh, health matters, right? And they'll help you with the indoor quality as well as the right products because when you're searching for the correct products and you're just searching for natural You may not realize that the natural are leaving a larger carbon footprint. So we just have to kind of balance it. So let's talk about natural versus synthetic. A natural product isn't always the greenest, as I've already said. And cotton is just a really great example because it seems like it's the ideal natural choice. But it's perhaps one of the worst environmental choices that you can make because of cotton's finishing processes and the treatment that it undergoes to make it fire retardant, wrinkle resistant and impervious to moth damage. So even organically grown cotton presents problems because it's more labor intensive to grow and like conventional cotton, it uses high quantities of water. So it actually cannot be grown in the same place year after year without permanently depleting the soil. Now there's also the question of how these chemical treatments impact biodegradability. As long as the landfill is correctly managed, natural fibers like cotton will biodegrade. But when they biodegrade, they actually put out harmful chemicals into the soil. Now on the other hand, synthetic fibers may not be biodegradable but they can be recycled. So are we looking for biodegradable or are we looking for recycled? Um, Now, when we're talking about um, interior materials, some of them have begun to be made from bio-based fibers derived from starch-based agricultural products like corn, rice, and beets. Now the starch portion of these foods is converted into sugar and forms polylactic acid or what's called PLA. Then those products are completely biodegradable. But as with cotton, concerns have been raised about whether the subsequent dyes and the chemicals, because nobody just wants the plain, you know, cotton look and it's not just white, you know, it's kind of kind of mushy looking. You wanted a color that's gonna go with your color scheme. And there's, so there has to be chemicals used on these, um, these PLA fibers that the uh, textile manufacturers use. And that makes them suitable for recycling. But then you can add adhesives, fillers, UV inhibitors, bleaching agents, or binders. And then it completely negates the safety of the fabric. And there's also the ethics issue with using food for non-food products while millions of people around the world are without adequate nutrition or might be starving, so why are we using food-based plants for fibers? These are just all questions. I'm not making a judgment. I'm just putting them out there. So although specifying natural materials is still usually the greenest choice, sometimes a synthetic is made responsibly enough to be comparably sustainable. Uh, And there's, there's many... Um, fabrics out there. There's one that's called uh, Zoral. It's a textile by Carnity Fabrics, and it can be used as a wall covering or as an upholstery fabric, and it is impervious to stains, which is really great if it's in a high traffic area or if you have kids or people spilling things. And initially, it was made from, um, from polyethylene, which is one of the least toxic uh, toxic of the synthetic fibers. But now the company created what is touted as the first bio-based high-performance textile. So it's plant-based and in such a way that it doesn't have the negative issues of other biodegradable resources. So the big and better picture for um, textile certification is something that you might want to read up on. You know, read more about fabrics and textile certifications. So there's there's manufacturers like Interface. Um, Johnsonite and they make sustainable flooring and they've helped transform the market as well. So the important thing to notice when you are looking for whether it's green or synthetic or organic you know or synthetic is transparency. Um, Many manufacturers do not like to tell us what's in a material and that's why a third-party provider of information is much more useful than information that comes from the company itself that only makes you know that actually makes sense, and then the other thing that we have to realize is the transportation of materials. It is also a factor in sustainability because um, when when you have to transport a product long distances, then that is adding to the environmental crisis as well. Now. A product for floors that has been really, really popular in the last few years has been bamboo, and you know it's like it's such a great material. It's 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 really sturdy. It's very hard to uh, hurt bamboo. So it would seem that wooden bamboo, which are used in more or less intact form, would be considered sustainable materials. But it depends on several factors. You have to remember the timber where is it transported from it's sometimes it's large large distances and that timber might be eradicating eradicating wildlife habitats um, especially if it's harvested by clear cut logging which isn't a good thing so you want to check forest stewardship council for certified wood and that is one of the greenest options of any material and with that you can be sure that they're not depleting the forests or any natural resources. You know how in South America, so many of those exotic hardwoods were, especially Brazil, I mean, they were just clear-cutting the forests. And, and the, um, the people who lived there, the indigenous tribes, they're losing their homes. The animals were losing their homes. The air was getting a dirtier. It was a really... A very scary thing. I mean, and this is happening all over the world. So you want to work with responsible suppliers. Now, bamboo might be another story. Um, Bamboo is commercially viable for building materials. However, it can only be grown in certain places in Asia. So if you're going to use bamboo because of the transportation with that material coming over on tankers that pollute our oceans, use a lot of fuel... Um, It's a long way. The environmental footprint is very high. And even though bamboo is a very rapidly renewable material, it may not be a green or a, a sustainable choice. So again, with treatments, now consumer advocacy has helped reduce the amount of toxic chemicals used in interior materials. And that has resulted in a wide industry shift. And uh, we can thank California laws for rolling back, you know, these um, flame retardant chemicals to be straight on furniture such as sofas. Um, You know, it used to be nobody would ask about flame retardants in furniture, but I think people are well, um, well aware now of the toxicity in our indoor environments and Heather was talking about that. So we have to ask about that when we're buying furniture. I mean, what what are the toxic chemicals that were used? What are the flammable retardants that are used? We need to know that we are putting upholstery that isn't going to give us allergies or make us sick. So that's really um, very, you know, it's a very scary thing that's happening. Now, of course, the industry is facing um, a lot of challenges when specifying for natural products. But we all want to minimize the impact on the environment and have a healthy, healthy life. So ask for transparency in products. Don't be afraid whenever you're in a furniture store to ask how something has been treated, transported, and how it was found in the first place. And given how our health is increasingly seen as imperative there's no doubt that our market is transforming in a way that makes awareness and information more important than ever. So make a positive choice and think twice or three times before you go, go for natural or synthetic. It, we don't know what the answer is. It's all on an individual basis. So when we come back from break, we're going to be talking about millennials. So don't go away. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and this is coming to you live on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. Be right back. Be
3: the star you are. The star you are. Be the star. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia
0: Bryan.
1: Do you know how to turn mistakes into performance? Mistakes are inevitable. It's what you do with them that matters. So an acronym from Failing Forward is to help keep mistakes in perspective. We're going to use an M. It's messages that give us feedback about life. I, interruptions that should cause us to reflect and think. I'm spelling the word mistakes, by the way. S, signposts that direct us to the right path. T, tests that push us toward greater maturity. A, awakenings that keep us in the game mentally. K, keys that we can use to unlock the next door of opportunity. E, explorations that let us journey where we've never been before and S, statements about our development and our progress. So look for ways to praise your team members' mistakes and turn them into opportunities to help your team learn more from them today because you may end up realizing that mistakes are often more valuable than perfection. Turn your failures into fertilizer. (laughs) And remember, you're the star of your own performance Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit cynthiabryan.com or call 925 377 STAR to book a coaching session today.
3: Be the star you are, the star you are. The
0: annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over 225 billion dollars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376-376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is
1: I was reading IT. a great article in Time Magazine, oh, early in the summer about millennials. And since I work with a lot of millennials, it really had me thinking. But we think of millennials as forever young, but they are going to be the first generation in human history who can not only anticipate reaching the age of 90 in huge numbers, but who will spend about one third of their lives as what we now refer to. To his old people. So it's a significant change and one that comes with many implications because even today, with the exception of occasional hand wringing about Social Security and Medicare, policymakers have spent no time thinking about what it means for the U.S. to have an estimated 8 million people in their 90s by 2050. So, you know, we never had to ask what what the 20s or 30s should look like when lives didn't live into their 90s or 100s. But millennials are living their lives differently from earlier generations. Now, the good news about millennials is their smoking rates are down. Their exercise is up. And more than young people in the past, millennials have friends that they count on in tough times. And more millennials have college degrees than do any prior generation. And there's no better uh, you know, predictor of functioning well at advanced ages than education. However, when we turn to financial security, there are some very alarming signs. Millennial poverty is up employment is down, college debt is more than 5 times what it was 20 years ago, and those that are saddled with debt a more frightening financial picture emerges. Both home ownership and participation in retirement savings accounts, those two avenues that Americans follow to secure their financial fu- futures are um, starkly down in a generation that really needs to prepare for lives of a long, long length. Now, more than a quarter of millennials report that they could not cover a $3,000 emergency, whether with their own savings or borrowing from family or friends. And then millennials are just living day to day with the knowledge that one mistake, one accident could actually lead to their financial ruin. So What we see, the outlines of a new model um, for millennials, it could make a sense of this era of long life. Now, many people have noted, and they've also you know, disparaged the fact that so many millennials are still living with their parents. And millennials are also less likely to be married or have children than were Gen Xers or boomers at the same age. But these habits could be the right approach for a generation that is going to find itself working into its 70s or 80s, and perhaps maybe even never retiring. So viewed that way, living with parents isn't a sign of failure but an adaptation to a new family structure that includes fewer siblings and cousins but more generations that live under the same roof. It also allows them to nurture multiple lifelong friendships when previous 20-somethings were busy looking for spouses. So if millennials face six decades of work instead of four and lives that could stretch longer, leaving home at 18 or 22 doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But if living with parents longer allows young people to pay down debt and save for their futures, it would have great uh, merit. But the crazy thing is, is under the circumstances, at least as we see them now, millennials are likely to change jobs several times, and they are spending money like crazy. Being financially prepared, not just for emergencies, but for periods between jobs is going to be really important for them. And they need to start making modest investments in savings vehicles like Roth IRAs, which would allow, you know, after-tax contributions to grow without ever being taxed again. And then that's compound interest works magic across the decades. But Opening tax advantage education accounts, they can also help people go back to school um, as they're kind of working and getting educating at the same time. And maybe living with mom and dad would help them save uh, money to have a down payment on a house. But more and more people, if they are buying a house, it's more now at 35 or 36 or 37 instead of 25. And they're paying off the mortgage, you know, much later, 65, 70. And so that's, uh, that's a little bit different for them. Financial challenges, more than two-thirds of the most educated generation are in debt from credit cards and student loans, while participation in savings accounts has dropped in that age group. Now, wiser choices um, is that less than 30% of millennials smoke tobacco, a one-fifth decline from their predecessors in 1999. And they also have more reliable social, networkers, uh, social networks than those who did in 1995. But one issue with them is so many of the millennials are just living for today. They're not saving, and they're out in the streets buying a lot, and uh, they are spending money as if it has no bottom. But there is a bright prospect, and it takes planning, and that's not usually in their nature. Very elderly people often remark that they arrived at old age by surprise. Most of their peers didn't make it, which is a reminder. The next time the conversation turns to longevity, let's just talk about being young well, thank you so much for being a great listeners and sharing your hour with us here at Star Style, Be The Star You Are. We love bringing you fun information and hope that it can change your life for the better in health and in success. To make a donation to Be The Star You Are, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. For more information about Star Style, go to CynthiaBryan.com. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate it. Cherish the past, dream of the future, but celebrate every moment because that's all we have. And until we celebrate again next week, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Have a wonderful week. Dream create, inspire, make a difference, and be here with us next Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Network Empowerment Channel. Be the star you are. Thanks again. Be
3: the star you are. The star you are.